Let's think about this for just a minute. Let's say that you're walking down the street. <clears throat> Someone walks up to you. Have you been seeing those videos where they walk down the street and they put a microphone in somebody's face and they say, you know, very simple things like, who's the president of the United States or, you know, like something that everybody should know. And they go, uh, uh, well, uh. And so this, you know, they're so hilarious. They crack me up. So somebody walks down the street and they put a mic in, a mic in your face and they say this, ask this question. If you died today, do you know for sure that you would go to heaven? And most of us can answer that question, I think, but honestly, most people can't answer that question. And if you're wondering why I'm getting so close, I'm trying to see my cell phone to make sure I didn't accidentally touch the Blues Brothers filter. Okay, you already checked it for me? Okay, good. Because two weeks ago, I was preaching. Every time I got out here close, it put a hat and glasses on me. How many, how many of you know that you know that you know that you know that if you died today, you'd go to heaven? Praise God. Because that is the number one thing. You know, you're, nothing in your life can be right until you know that. And then everything won't be right. But nothing can be right until you know that. That is the firm foundation that your eternal life is built on. Now, I want to ask you this before we read the scriptures. Do you believe the Bible truly is, from, I mean, Genesis to Revelation, all of it, do you believe it truly is the actual word of God? Now, if you believe that and, and you believe there's a heaven and you want to go there, then you can. And this is elementary stuff, really. But honestly, it isn't anymore. We, we church people think of it as elementary type, but it's not. Out, look at the news. Just watch, I mean, probably shouldn't watch the news very much. The news makes me mad these days. People need Jesus so bad. Always have. But in America... Millions of millions of people don't know where they're going if they die. And so, if someone walked up and asked you that question, I hope that you would be able to tell them, yes, I do know for sure. And we did that many years ago, and I've shared some of these things throughout the years. But a few years ago, I asked some people some questions, that question, and I got a few interesting answers. One, look at John, 1 John 5, 13. Let's read that. These things have I written unto you that you believe on the name of the Son of God. Now, what's the name of the Son of God? Jesus. Back then, Yeshua, or however they pronounced it. Uh, it really doesn't matter. The pronunciation is not relevant. What's relevant is that you know who he is. Okay? And today... We say Jesus, and that's our language, and that's his name in our language. All right, back there, in their language, it might have been Yeshua or Joshua. Joshua and Jesus, by the way, are the same word. Did you know that? The same word in Hebrew. So he said, I am writing these things that you believe on the name 
of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So the first thing that you get from believing in Jesus is knowing that you have eternal life. Not just wishing or hoping and trying to live good enough thinking maybe God will let you in. The Bible never says that. The Bible wants you to know. He wants you to know that you know that you know. And, hey, there's a lot of days that I have doubts. We all have doubts. In fact, Christians have doubts. It's normal. Emotions. Sometimes you can get really emotional, and your emotions kind of cause doubts. Sometimes you might get down and feel like the whole world's against you, and a little doubt slips in. But you have the name of Jesus. You can push that doubt out. You can say, in Jesus' name, I know that I'm saved and I have eternal life because he promised it and we don't have to wonder. And so when I asked this question around uh, Ada, Oklahoma, several years ago, in fact, this was way back in 1995, and you know you're old when you have, when you cringe when someone says, that was way back in the 90s. In 1995, we went around Ada, Oklahoma, and we did a survey, a lot of different homes, and I've shared some of this before. And asked this question, if you died today, and you stood at heaven's door, would Jesus let you in? And why? Why would he let you in? All right? Well, this scripture says it's so that we can know that because we know the name of Jesus, because we know who he is, because we believe that and it's true in our lives, then we can know that we have eternal life. Also over in Hebrews 6, there's a scripture. If you'll look at that one, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18 and 19, I want to read that to you. Hebrews, I hope you maybe can take notes or put it in your phone or something. These scriptures are scriptures that can give you strength when you're wondering, how did I get in this mess that I'm in? You can read these scriptures. They'll give you faith and strength and lift you up. In Hebrews, it says, chapter 6, 18 and 19, there's two immutable. Now, immutable means you can't argue with it. There's no arguing. It's a fact that's a fact that's a fact. Two immutable things. First, what is it? It's impossible for God to lie. It's impossible for God to lie that we'll have a strong consolation. The consolation is a peace in your heart. You'll have a strong feeling of peace in knowing, peace in knowing that you have eternal life. Who has fled for refuge to take hold of the hope set before us. You can take hold of the hope set before you. Two immutable things. One is it's impossible for God to lie, and the second is that you can take hold of the hope which we have as an anchor of our soul, both sure and steadfast. And not only is he sure and steadfast, he enters into the veil for us. All right, so two immutable truths that nobody can argue with. They might think they can, but they can't if they believe it's... If you believe the Bible's God's Word... Now, guys, this isn't Randall Christie. If you believe that the Bible's God's Word, then you've got to believe it's true. And he says there's two facts here that no human being can argue with. 
and that is, it's impossible for God to lie, and our Savior, who is our hope and our consolation, entered into the veil to, uh, for us, which means he forgave us of our sins. That's what it means. Two things you can't argue with. It's impossible for God to lie, and Jesus Christ did everything that's needed to be done to forgive us of our sins. Now, you know what? You could take those two things and, and memorize that, and, and that's all you'd ever need, really. Because if you know where you're going, then you know who you're following to get there. And so I felt sad when so many people, actually most people that we surveyed, did not know if they would get to go to heaven or not. This was in 1995. Think about how, and this was in Ada, Oklahoma, in the heart of the Bible Belt, where there's a church on every corner. And we surveyed hundreds of people, and most of them honestly did not know if they were going to go to heaven or not. What do you think it would be today in 2020? Guys, let's just face the cold, hard facts. There's 35,000 people. Is that right in this county or 38? Somebody give me the right number. 38-ish? All right. 38,000. This is one of the biggest churches in, a in Ada area. It is. It's not the biggest, but it's one of the biggest. H2O is huge. They have two or three services. Praise God. We need more of it. We need every church having three or four services packed to the gills. There's nothing wrong with going to H2O. There's nothing wrong with going to First Baptist. Nothing wrong with going to Trinity. And the list goes on. Cross Point. Those are all good churches. There's a lot of good churches. In fact, I really don't know of any bad churches in Ada, Oklahoma. Now, there's some I don't particularly like myself. I would rather listen to this kind of music and this kind of whatever teaching. Okay, find the one you really can get into and worship and get a part of, right? This, and find one that teaches the truth and is not afraid to attack the issues that we're dealing with in the world. All right, so here's my point. 38,000 people. If you rounded up everybody that goes to Union Valley, there's probably about 300 altogether. Not today, but all together. And so maybe double that or even triple it for First Baptist. I don't know. Maybe triple it or double it for Cross Point. Maybe multiply it by five or six for H2O. All right, just do the quick math in your head. We're still not up to 10,000 people. In fact, we're hardly up to 5,000 people. Then take all the other little churches. If you add it all up, the reality of it is in the Bible Belt in the United States of America where there's a church on every corner, the overwhelming majority of people never darken the door of the church. They don't believe the Bible. They don't believe in Jesus. And they're not following Christ. How bad is it in areas where there is no church or very little influence? It's horrible. It's horrible. We need a revival. We need people to turn to God. What, would you give up anything for Jesus Christ?
Would you give up anything? You know, this is not Randall asking you. Jesus asked that question. He came to the man that had a lot of possessions, and he said, you have to give everything up that you have, sell it and give it to the poor, and come to me with nothing. Now, he didn't tell everybody that. He didn't tell the woman at the well that, did he? He told the woman at the well, you're thirsty, I will give you water. He told Zacchaeus, who was in a tree, I'll be your friend. Zacchaeus didn't have many friends. He was a tax collector. <laughs> but what did he ask the man that had so much? Where Are you willing to give up everything? You may think, well, that doesn't hardly ever happen. He didn't. Let me tell you, that's the way the whole thing started. Stay with me now. That's the way the whole thing started. Who was the very first Hebrew? Abraham. And what did he ask Abraham to do? Give up everything. His only son that he had waited almost a hundred years for. He asked him to give him up. Now when Abraham got up there to the altar, we know the story. God said, no, don't do it. I don't accept human sacrifice. He was teaching us a lesson that he's not like these false gods that take human sacrifice. All down through the ages, false gods have taken human sacrifice. They still are. People are lining up by the thousands to sacrifice their unborn babies for prosperity, and it is a lie from hell. It is child sacrifice to Satan. They don't really even know that they're doing that. I promise you it is pure, 100% evil from the pits of hell. It always has been. And that's why Abraham laid Isaac on the altar and God said no. Look over there in the bushes. There's a ram. Go get that lamb and take it. Let your son go free. Put the lamb. Kill the lamb. Shed his blood. Jesus Christ was the lamb of God. He gave his son so that we never have to sacrifice our children to go to heaven. In fact, it is an abomination to God. It's an abomination to God. But yet people in the Bible Belt, in Ada, Oklahoma, hardly any of them go to church. There's not 10,000 people in Ada, Oklahoma. There is not 10,000 people in Pontotoc County going to church. That's one-third or less. It's all about one-fourth of the people. You can do the math yourself someday. You'll find out it's correct. Less than a fourth of the people in Pontotoc County even go to church. Am I saying, oh, they're so bad? or oh, No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying they're lost. They need you to share Jesus with them. I'm not saying, oh, they're evil people. That's not the point at all. The point is we are all sinners, and we have all come short of the glory of God. And Randall Christie cannot go to heaven without Jesus Christ. And neither can you. And it's our job to win souls and lead people to Christ. If you'll look at another scripture with me, one of the answers, as, as you're looking this uh, next scripture up, it's in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. 
uh, one of the answers that was given really mystified me, and it said, well, I never really thought about heaven. That's the only person that said that. What do you think about that answer? I think he was lying. I think he was fibbing a little. I think he was lying to himself and me to try to relieve himself of the concern. And there's a lot of that going on. People that have just explained it away. Oh, it's scientifically impossible. It's not scientifically. How, you know, you know what? I have never thought about this until I was praying about this sermon and everything, and I just want to share it with you. It wasn't long ago that we thought it's scientifically impossible for a microscopic particle that's not e that is a tiny fraction of the size of one human cell. In fact, it's so small that you could hardly even see it with the electron microscope unless you at the highest settings you can see it. One little teeny tiny particle that is so small that you could put billion of them into one of your body cells. And it is a pandemic across the entire world. It wasn't too long ago we would have thought that was scientifically impossible. It wasn't, well, it was a long time ago, but it was within our history books where they thought the world was flat. Christians don't deny science. Christians want the true science of God. And so I thought about that. Is it possible, scientifically, is it possible to kill that little tiny particle? I say the answer is yes. That we haven't discovered it yet. But it's possible. You know why? Because with God, all things are possible. This man said... I never really thought much about heaven or hell. I don't really thought about heaven. I don't believe him. I believe people are so struggling with their eternal soul. Down deep inside, everybody knows there's more after this life. Down deep inside, everybody knows that there's more after this life. So in Ephesians, if you put that scripture up, Ephesians Two, did I ever say it? Sorry. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Would y'all say this with me? This is a scripture you should memorize, seriously. This scripture, I memorized this when I was a kid, and my Sunday school teacher had me memorize it. I still remember it. It helps me all the time. For by grace are you saved through faith. That and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. For by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, 
lest any man should boast. Billy Graham, I guess I've always looked up to him. Of course, he's passed away as a great evangelist, won millions of people to Christ. But Billy Graham did not get to go to heaven because he won millions of people to Christ. Amen? How many know Billy Graham was a man, a human being, that did the same things that other men do and had the same temptations and the same feelings? Did you know the Bible says that Jesus was tempted in every way common to man? That's something I don't like to think about. I don't, I don't ever, never like to think about that. Jesus was tempted in every way common to man. That means he, he had feelings. He had urges. He wanted to do things he knew he wasn't supposed to do. Jesus. That's what the Bible says. But what's the other half of it? Yet what? Sinned not. He did it to prove to us that we don't have to sin. We choose to sin. And when you can reconcile that in your mind, instead of saying, this is who I am, this is how I am, this is what I am. No, no, no. Say, I choose to do this. I choose not to do that. I choose to do this. Because the Lord is helping me make my choices. Billy Graham, more works than anyone I've ever known, did not go to heaven by his works. Billy Graham went by the grace of God and the faith he had in Jesus. And that's how you and I will get there too. That's how you and I will get there. And so I guess the second, I would like to say that almost half, not quite, but almost half of the people that were surveyed back then said, yes, I'm saved. I wonder if it would, it's probably about 40%. I wonder if it would be 40% today in Ada, Oklahoma. I kind of doubt it. John 14, 2, and 2 through 4. John 14, 2 through 4. Now there's, there's, uh, there's this kind of person out there, and they like to speak for the whole human race. It's, it's, you ever met those kind of people that they, they think they're able to speak for the whole human race? You know what I mean? They say things like, well, everybody does blah, blah, blah. Or everybody knows blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you, everybody doesn't necessarily know everything. I know I don't know everything. And I don't think that we can speak for the entire human race. I know I can't. And so the answer was, uh, one. the answer I'm talking about right now is, well, nobody really knows about heaven. That was the answer that this one person gave. Nobody really knows about heaven. And John, it says, 
chapter 14, verse 2 and 4. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Where you go, you know, and the way, you know. So again, the question is, do you believe that this is God's word? If it's God's word, then it absolutely has to be true. And this tells me that down deep inside, everybody knows that there is a God. And everybody knows that they're searching for him. Now, little kids know it. Anywhere you go all over the world, little kids know it. Little bitty kids know it. This is why several get saved in Bible school, because they, they still remember they still remember talking to God when they're babies. Okay, it hasn't worn off yet. One of the prayers that I prayed when I was a kid, I know, I know I'm weird, but hey, I prayed, God, don't let me forget what it's like to be a kid. Isn't that crazy? I remember praying that prayer lots of times in my life. Don't let me forget what it's like being a kid. Because I saw so many grown-ups that were so messed up because they had forgot about God. See, kids know God. Little bitty kids know God. And then they get to a point in their life where they have to choose. Am I going to go with God or am I going to go the way of the world? And if you can remember way back in the back far reaches of your mind, sometimes you can almost see heaven. People are lost because, mostly because their parents have failed to raise them in church and Sunday school and teach them about Jesus. That's the main reason. It's also because we stopped praying in school. I still believe that educators should have never stopped praying in school, no matter what the law was. I still believe that back, if we could go back, hindsight, right? Hindsight. At the time, we thought, oh, it's not that big a deal. But hindsight, if we could turn back time, we should have had a massive rebellion all across the United States and says, listen here, Supreme Court, nine people who think you're God and you're not, we're going to pray in our school. You're going to shut every school in America down? I think not. It's going to take that kind of determination again to get America back on track. It's going to take that kind of determination again to get America back on track. It's going to take a knowledge that only comes from God that can save the souls of the people here. We need our people to turn to the Lord. We need to share Christ with them. Jesus loves them. Those people that we're so mad at, you know, we watch the news, it may kind of get you mad, does me. Those people need Jesus real bad. 
But here's the church, you know. The church is out getting drunk just like they are and, and using the F word every other word and running up sleeping with a different person every night and on and on and on. The church is just acting like scum. Not everybody, but a lot. People that are supposed to be saved and they act just like the world. I'm not saying I'm so self-righteous. I'm saying, guys, we've got to get serious if we want to win the Lord. We've got to be different. We've got to be different. We cannot be like everybody else. Jesus said, don't kid yourself. He said, come ye out from among them. Be separate. You are a peculiar people. I am going to recreate the whole planet for you. Do you love me? Do you love me? What was the answer? Yes. Then what did he say? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. He said, he who loves me keeps the commandments. I love reading these scriptures because it builds my faith. And right now, during these terrible times, I sure need them. I sure need my faith built. Let me tell you, no matter how old you are or young you are, Jesus has not forgotten you. He has a place for you in heaven. You might be messing up. You might be doing things in your life you shouldn't do. You still have a place in heaven. He wants you to get ready. He wants you to get right. And he wants you to please him. So you can hear him say, well done. Our job is to win people to Christ. I could go on with this all day, but I probably shouldn't. Can I get an amen? I knew I'd get one on that. One last, Matthew chapter 19, verse 17. Matthew 19, 17. And let's read that. You know, there's so many stories about people going to heaven. Jesus told the thief on the cross, Today you shall be with me in paradise. One of the answers uh, one lady gave was, she said, I'm not going to heaven, and I'm not going to hell. I'm going to paradise. And that's where she got that. And, and I kind of understand what she's saying. I don't agree with it. But that is a lack of teaching. It means that she really hadn't been taught right. Okay? It doesn't mean she's not going to heaven. Guys, just because somebody is going to a church that teaches the wrong things... That doesn't mean they're going to hell. God doesn't check your church membership at the gate and say, Oh, that one doesn't make it. That church, they're all down there. Doesn't happen that way. There's a whole lot of people that love Jesus that are going to heaven, but they're in the wrong church for whatever reason. Maybe they're usually because their family goes there, and they may have a teacher that's taught them something that's not right. That doesn't mean you, you don't, you don't have to pass the heaven entry SAT. You don't have to take the quiz. It's like that old uh, Monty Python movie. 
you had to get the answer right to cross the bridge, right? Like to go to heaven. You had to get it right. If you got it wrong, you fell off the cliff. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Huh? You're already laughing. You can tell how old I am, right? Talking about Monty Python movie. The guy comes to the bridge. He has to get it right or he falls off the cliff and he doesn't get to enter in. He says, what's your favorite color? The guy says, red. No, blue. Ah. I love that joke. I know I'm old. Let me tell you something. There's no quiz to get into heaven. I heard there was a quiz that when the Methodists get there, they say, spell Israel. They spell Israel, come on in. Baptists get there, they say, spell Czechoslovakia. <gasps> Bad joke. I can go on with these all day. Matthew chapter 19. He said unto them, Why do you call me good when there is no one good but God? If you will enter into life, keep the commandments. That's what he said. He did not throw away the commandments like some teach. All right. He says... Now, there is a particular newscaster this week that said Jesus was not perfect, and here's where he quoted that he wasn't perfect. Well, this newscaster has no clue about basically life in general and sure not about the Bible. That's not what Jesus is saying there. He's saying, you're calling me good master, you're calling me good master. You're call Why are you doing that? Because down deep inside you know that I am God. That's what that means. It doesn't mean Jesus was not good. That only God in heaven is good. God in heaven and Jesus were connected with the very same spirit. The Holy Spirit of God. God being the being in heaven. Jesus the, the son of man or the human being. Son of man means human being. Prophet of God in human form. All right? And so they were both connected all the time. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. All the time. Three in one. He talked to the Father. The Father talked to him. It's a relationship that we... You ever talk to yourself? Come on, admit it. It's not that hard to understand why Jesus talked... How Jesus talked to the Father. When you think of it like that. He was talking to the other part of himself that was in heaven, his father who had sent him. He was a human. And so a lot of people, when we're asked about, do you know for sure if you would go to heaven, there were several of them that they just said they were going to go where all good people go. I'm, I've been good. That's the most common answer. The most common answer. And we probably still would get that. I try to be good. I try to do good. And I want to commend you, by the way, for trying to do good. I'm not one of those preachers that belittle doing good. We need to do good. That was our scripture, wasn't it, in the Bible school? What was the theme? Love God. 
love others, do good. There's, don't let anybody put you down for doing good. Well, they will anyway. But don't take it to heart is what it means. When you're doing good and you know it, in your heart you know it, God knows it. Love God. <clears throat> love God. Love others. Do good. But you got to get it in that order. Doing good by itself will not get you to heaven. Jesus said the best that we can do are like filthy rags to God. He is so much better than we can ever be. My daddy used to preach about that, about the filthy rags. And he said those old lepers had those terrible sores. Horrible, disgusting. Oozing. And he said the filthy rags were the rags that wrapped the lepers. And when they unwrapped them, and they'd be laying in a pile of... You can just imagine what it would look like, those filthy rags, after taking off those lepers. He said, please, please don't think that you're good enough to get into heaven. Jesus himself said, the best that we can be, our goodness is like those filthy rags. They don't and can't ever get anyone to heaven. On my Facebook page, there's my cousin passed away recently, my cousin's husband who pastored a church near Henrietta, and we've all been pretty close family through the years. On my Facebook page, there's a picture of a man, Jack Vance. I would just, I'm serious, I would love for you guys just to take a few minutes today, click on that picture, and listen to what he says. They're showing his video at his funeral, and he's preaching one of his amazing sermons, and you will absolutely love it. It will touch you. Would you please consider doing that? Listen to what he has to say. Would you please consider not leaving this place today unless you know that you know that you're going to get to go to heaven if you die? We were all lost, including myself, all of us, but we found Jesus. He's going to let us go to heaven. He will you too. But it's up to you. Would you pray with me? Everybody stand.